thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Vitamin D Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Dawn Day. I'm here to give you a multivitamin for your mind and spirit. Don't worry, it's all natural, but y'all, today I'm pondering passions. What is it that intense thing that fills your heart, that you feel like is natural to you as breathing? Speaking is mine. Speaking and inspiring folks. It gives me life. Um, it fuels me. It's my why. But you know, following your passion takes guts. It takes hard work because you will get a lot of naysayers. Folks trying to tell you what you can and what you cannot do. And honestly, you can't fault them because they can't see or fuel your passion. Which leads me to my special guest, Violet Palmer, the first female referee in the NBA. Violet Palmer is a trailblazer whose passion is fueled by hard work. From a young age, she found a deep love for basketball. And when she was unable to pursue playing ball professionally, she still found a way to get in the game where some may actually say that the game found her. How fast can I learn? How good can I get? How soon can I get to the next season? Because I want to be better than I was last season. Nevertheless, Violet's hard work and passion pushed past those naysayers who felt she should just go back to the kitchen. And she made history and paved the way for future female referees, not only in NBA, but across male-dominated sports in general. If that's not inspirational, I don't know what is. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. So without further ado, it's time for your dose of vitamin D. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. 
Hello. Hi. How you doing? How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to see your face. Oh, thank you. Uh, wait a minute, Violet Palmer. May I just say happy anniversary to you? Well, thank you so much. I know 26 years, somebody's still putting up with me. How Listen. about that? My wife, I have to say. <laughs> Congratulations to you and Tanya. I saw you guys on the gram. I was like, wow, that's love at its finest. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm blessed. No, yes. no doubt. No doubt. And I'm blessed to have you here right now because we got some stuff to talk about. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Shoot. First female NBA referee. What? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. No, seriously. Like what? The first. Yes. You know, it's funny, Don, I can honestly tell you that, uh, you know, you saying that now it's, it's come to fruition. I think when I started, I, that was never, ever even a thought process because, you know, when you're going through what you're going through, it was about work and survival and trying to make it and, trying to just be the best that I could be that I never even thought about first pioneer barrier breaker. You, you better look. I'm serious. I'm just being honest. Okay. Those were not even on my mind. None of that. Wow. It was later in my career where after, you know, establishing myself and everybody, you know, kept saying it. And I was like, wow, you know what? I did do that. <laughs> I am that one. I am that one. Yes. So I embrace it now. Yes, I do. Thank you. And yes. I accept all of the accolades and I'll take it. And, you know, just happy to be able to say something or do something to help some other young student athlete just get to where they want to get to and be who they want to be. And, and, you know, I just feel like your story is not only for athletes, but anyone that has a dream. That's you know going what? after a passion or a purpose. That's what I see. You are absolutely right. I don't even disagree. 100%. And I can honestly tell you that I found my passion. No question about it. Okay. So let's dive in. So first, we must say we met through a mutual friend, Mr. Timothy Snell. And yes. actually, when I was on his show, Curvy Style with Timothy Snell, I was getting, I don't know if Tanya was doing my hair, did she touch up my makeup? But I remember her and I having like a whole dialogue. And then, of course, we all hanging out and, uh -huh. you know, just doing our thing. And then I met you. And I think we ran into each other a couple of times over at Win Nail Spa, no? Did uh, you ever go to Win on Wilshire? You know what? Probably. Or maybe I, I mean went into one of your girlfriends. And I'm thinking of one, uh, her hair is like a honey blonde and is natural. And oh, I think she used to have oh, with bright. My, my Judy Judy. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Uh-huh. So I would always see them up there. So um, that's how we know each other uh, and how we met. And, you know, I'm sitting here and I was thinking about, you know, this story and, and how, how to inspire people. Because a lot of times people come about and they're not sure what their passion is. They're not sure what the purpose is. They feel mm -hmm. like maybe they can't. They got so many excuses. Mm -hmm. But it's something to be said when you are one that is establishing the blueprint of it all. Thank you. Wow. Because it's like, how did you fathom to imagine? Well, see, when we talk about vitamin D, we talk about the inspiration. Absolutely. That's from within. It is. It is, but you, most of us don't know how to find it. Well, hello. We don't know what it is, or we don't know what we can do to get it. And I think 
for me, I can honestly say on that I did, I, I found mine pretty early. Now, didn't know how far it would take me, but I found it. And I, I just wanted to be the best in my profession. And you know what? I can honestly say right place, right time, right gender. I took advantage of every single opportunity that afforded me. Wow. That, that's really literally, you know, but again, you have to kind of step out on faith and, and want to be, you know, just be the best you can be. You know, it, it is a little scary to, you know, cause I was established in my work career after graduating and got into officiating and it was, I enjoyed it. It was easy money, you know, it, it was just fun for me. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because we think about it. You're from Compton. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd say uh, you play ball yourself. You were a point guard at Cal Poly. Yeah. So I'm interested to know because you look at your life in a span 30, 40 years later of still being in the game, right? Uh-huh. How would you say or when did you fall in love with basketball? Oh, I was a young kid. You know, my mom, I can honestly say she she tried her best. She, you know, she put me in the in the yellow dresses and the pink dresses and the and the cute shoes and you know, do my hair. And I can literally remember Don once, you know, and I kind of went from that little girl and I, and my brother was three years younger than me. So we were two peas in a pot. And all we wanted to do together was be outside, playing with our friends, and literally I tried every single sport. I played everything. And it wasn't like at that moment as a kid growing up, it was just basketball. I did them all. I ran track in, in school, volleyball, uh, softball. I mean, I was a really, really good softball player. Literally thought, I was almost thought I was a better softball player than a basketball player. But my love was basketball. So, of course, obviously, once I got um, to high school, I had a really, really good high school coach who took a lot of time with me and really help with as far as recruiting, because, you know, in today's world for, or for at that time, title nine had just kind of kicked in and understanding that possibly I could get a scholarship to college. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, what does title nine mean? Title nine is what, um, what came about to help women in sports. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. We, women were not receiving scholarships. So of course, once title nine kicked in, it really provided funds for universities and colleges to now allow women and and for all the sports and colleges to now be provided scholarships to be able to go to school for free. So I was one of those students. I went to school for free. My Cal Poly Pomona paid my tuition. The only thing that my parents had to help me with was my books. I had housing. I had uh, food, stayed in the dorms, all of that was paid for from athletics. So let me ask you this, though. If they had to pass something called a Title IX just so that females could get scholarships to, to play sports, what was it like being a female coming up playing sports in general? Was it accepted? It was accepted, but there wasn't, you, you women couldn't go to different universities and have it paid for yeah they were they we you know of course women could still play but here again we had different rules there was not there was funds you know there was no funding 
And title, when Title IX came in, it really helped with the funding. And of course, now we already know that it's pretty equal for young boys and young girls wanting to make it in college. Now you can go to, I mean, you, you can get a scholarship in probably basket weaving if <laughs> you were good at it, right. you know, for, for just a good example. Yeah. But all sports now provide young girls an opportunity, the same opportunities that men and young boys are provided, women and young girls are provided, wow. which that's where Title IX kicked in. So for me, you know, it was one of those where in high school, I'm thinking, you know, if I can, of course, get a scholarship to school and my parents don't have to pay, and this is what I love to do, it's a win-win. I get a free education. I can play a sport that I love. And for me, I just thought there was no WNBA. If you, once you finish school, you know, if you still love the game, you would have to go overseas and play. And of course, for me, I didn't want to do that. So I'm thinking I graduated. It's time for me to get a job. Um had kind of dibbled and dabbled in officiating because of, because of my major in school, just being an athlete, and found once I kind of got my feet wet in officiating, it was over. I felt it. It was it was like a light bulb just came on. I'm like, oh my god, I love this. This is exciting. It's different. It's fun. I can I can. And initially, John, Don, I'll be honest. I just really wanted to stay in shape stay close to the game that I love and make a little extra money. Okay. So it wasn't saying like, oh, I want to play ball. Like that is the dream. It was just no. something. Okay. Absolutely not. Had no idea that officiating would afford me. Well, I'm saying even before officiating, because I'm thinking to the point of how you stay connected with the game for so many years, the love of just playing ball, right? So oh, I'm imagining absolutely. like you go ahead and you're in the NCAA championship. You won 85 and 86, right? 86, uh-huh. I did at Cal Poly. Did you, did you feel like, oh my gosh, because you didn't want to go overseas, did you feel depleted? Did you feel like it was over? Because I'm thinking like you're in the rush. Every time you get on the court, you got the fans screaming at you. The, the blood is pumping in your veins <laughs> to like, not that it's anything wrong, but maybe going to an office job. Right. Or perhaps, was that an adjustment? You know what? To be honest with you, when I, um, when I of course, graduated, there was kind of a pause for me saying, okay, now what do I do? And now, and of course that pause being, okay, it's time to go out in the real world. It's time to get a job. Um, and that's where the officiating came in because that was like a part-time still can be a part of the game, still love it, still make a little part-time money. And that's really where the officiating part kind of transformed for me personally, where with that transition, once, you know, I knew that I loved the sport and it afforded me a, a phenomenal education, which was free, which really helped my parents. Because of course, after talking to my parents, they both said, you know what, thank you. Because we didn't know how we were going to pay for your education. We didn't know if we were going to have to possibly take a second out on our home, you know, to do whatever they had to do to help my brother and I get to school. Luckily, we both received basketball scholarships, which was awesome, you know. Um, but after that is where the officiating came in and where the love of a different aspect of basketball came from. Because for me, 
it was like the light bulb came on. It was instant. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I'm going to be successful. Still not knowing how successful I was going to be. Because at this point, I didn't have any aspirations to get in the NBA. I didn't even really care. I was, I was very, very happy being a collegiate uh, women's basketball official. Very, very happy with that. Could I would have been doing it to this day, right? Right to this day, I'm sure, if the NBA hadn't knocked on my door. But again, I go back to right place, right time, right gender, because during this whole collegiate you know, time frame, and I think I spent eight, eight years being a collegiate uh, official and, and working my way up. And that's how I, and, you know, I was able to work five, the final fours and the championship games and, and still being one of the best in the country on the college side afforded me this opportunity to have an opportunity to referee in the NBA. What? what? Okay. Where are you? What happened? Where are you when you get this inquiry, this request? This is hilarious. I am, I had, um, I was at home, received a phone call, true story. From the late Dr. Aaron Wade, he was Dale Garrison's uh, assistant at the time. Dale Garrison was the head of the officials in the NBA. Dr. Aaron, Dr. Wade calls me on the phone. He says, uh, "Miss Palmer." He introduced himself, told me who he was, and I'm sitting here on the holding the phone, Don, and I go, "Yeah, right." Someone's calling me. They work for the NBA, you know, trying to scout women to see if they would like to be in the program. I honestly thought it was a joke. So I really was like, oh, really? He, and he kind of chuckled because he said, you know, um, and he, and he kind of had this slow draw the way he spoke. And he said, you know, Violent, um, most people that I, when I call them, they're like so excited <laughs> because of course, as soon as you say NBA, everyone's like, oh my God, I'm in. And he goes, you, you were like, uh, really? And of course, we kind of chuckled, but he, he went through to explain that they were looking to train some women. I was one of those women. Would I be interested? Um, he asked me to send him a couple of videotapes from my college games. He actually saw me and he was recommended from Booker Turner, which was another big time college referee at the time and one of my mentors. So received my information from him, called me, explained the whole program. After I knew it wasn't a joke, I of <laughs> course said, of course I would be interested. It was free, didn't cost me a dime other than my time. Of course I'll try it. So literally, unbeknownst to me, a week later, I received NBA rule books, wow. um, an NBA uh, jersey to referee in, and some a whole packet telling me in... I think it was a three-week span, or it might have been two weeks, two to three-week span that I would now be going to Salt Lake City uh, for an NBA referee training for wow. like eight days. And that's how it started. And I said, I'm in. Why not? And that's literally how I received the phone call and the opportunity. And that's kind of where everything started for me. So how many... Of you all are there? Is it just you and Decanter? Is there a group? What is this? Great question. It was just her and I. Wow. And we were in training with, I think it was about 
15 guys in our in our in our particular session. Um, and what they have you do is, you know, like even now, like in Vegas, of course, obviously we didn't have it this summer. You know how they have that summer pro league mm-hmm. like in Vegas and, and all. So that's the same training that I actually attended. I just attended mine in Salt Lake City. And I was, of, of course, which was great for me because I was able to stay home. I, it afforded me to go to law because we had a, a summer pro league here in, in Long Beach as well at the pyramid. So I actually attended both of those um, with the same guys. So literally you, it was her and I and these 15 men and we had classroom in the morning uh, from about 8.30 until about noon and your game started, you had a, a lunch break and your the game started about 2.30. There was four games a day. So you either worked the first game, second game, third game or fourth game. Um, it was all the pro teams with all their free agents, their draft picks, um, the players from overseas that are trying to get in the NBA. So everyone, of course, obviously within this whole summer summer pro league, are trying to get into the NBA as well as officials. So it's like you have the officiating side and you have the basketball side. And that was the opportunity. Literally walked into a classroom, had no idea what to expect. Um, met these 15 guys and I can honestly say that those 15 guys are some of my best friends right to this day. Oh, so you guys were w- welcomed with open arms. I wouldn't say welcomed with open arms. I would say had to earn your stripes. Oh, respect, right? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. It was, it was one of those where, of course, we, you know, everybody was polite and, and nice and, you know, it wasn't anything like that. But as far as putting in the work and going on the court and refereeing and all of you had to earn the stripes. Mm-hmm. You had to learn the NBA rules. You had to learn the mechanics. And you had to go out every single night and prove. And well, I should say improve every single day. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be asked to come back. So it was <sighs> either, it's either you. This was like on Survivor before it was Survivor. You know, kind of, sort of. Kind of survival for officiating <laughs> in so many words. Um, not as dramatic as like Survivor. <laughs> There's a show, but in our way, yes, it was. Because if you didn't perform, if you didn't do well, then you wouldn't be asked back. And I actually did that for three for three summers. Wow. I actually got hired by the NBA. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I did it for three summers. Now and again, so here you are. So at the time that you're doing the training, are you as well as uh, officiating still on the collegiate level with the women? Yes, I am. So, which was great for me. Um, I was able to, in the wintertime, do all my college stuff. I, I still had my full-time job. And mind you, all this, I'm still working for the wow. city of Los Angeles. So, I still had, I had my full-time job. I'm officiating my college stuff. And then in the summertime, I spend the entire summer training um, with, for the NBA to try to be an NBA referee. So during this time, it was kind of a whirlwind for me. It, those three years was, I had a lot going on. Um, I can honestly say, you know, Tanya thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, and it was so funny because I remember telling her like that last year, I go, you know, it's really not that bad. I just, 
you know, hopefully it, you know, things will, it'll change because I was super busy. Um, and even that last see that last summer, I threw the WNBA in there because I Whoa. worked, the, I worked the first, um, inaugural season for the WNBA. So it was almost like full-time job, collegiate referee, summer started, did this, did my summer pro league, the WNBA started, did, did my WNBA season. And luckily, knock on wood, 97, October, the NBA called and said, you're hired. Wait a minute. Where are you at? What's happening? What is going on? You know, you, that's a great question. <laughs> I was literally in Salt Lake City. Uh, I had a exhibition game. You know how the preseason? Mm-hmm. We call it exhibition season. Everybody else kind of calls it the, the, the preseason. Mm-hmm. So I was literally had a game. Uh, the Utah Jazz, it was probably, I think, my fourth exhibition game that at the beginning of the season. So I was in my hotel room, Rod Thorne, he was the vice president of uh, operations for officials at the time, called me on the phone and said, uh, are you sitting down? I said, no. I said, I would stand and literally knock on wood. What a blessing told me that the NBA was hiring me. I, I dropped the phone, started, oh my God, I can't believe it. Um, I, I was elated. I, I really, I pitched myself to really, of course, for me to, to, to say, this is really happening. Wow. You know, I'm really going to get this opportunity. But again, I knew it, you know, not knowing, you know how you know something's going to happen. Come you just on. don't go in because I had done the work. I had worked hard. I was at the top of my class amongst these my guys um, and just wasn't sure if the NBA was going to pull the trigger. And I can honestly say that I have to thank David Stern because at the time, of course, again, he's, he's passed away. He gave me an opportunity that changed my life. Wow. Changed my life, literally. I took a leave of absence from my job. I didn't quit right away because I was able to take a leave of absence. So because I wasn't sure, you know how you're just not sure. I'm like, at the at that point in time, I think I was with the city of LA for nine years. So they allowed me to take a leave of absence. I did that and started the NBA season and was very, very blessed to have a 19-year career um, until, of course, my knees started killing me, which they of course, eventually, that's what that's why I retired. It had nothing to do with anything else other than my body just said, "Okay, Miss Lady, it's time." Right. But you know, that's what happens to all athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, even you know, getting down, you think about athletes and you think about the passion. One thing that you said is that you showed up, and I want a lot of people to realize you got to show up and be your best. You didn't say, Dawn, I want to be the best female officiant. You just said official. You want to be the best, best in the world. Forget <laughs> the woman. Right. You are you you hitting it right on the head. Come it on. had nothing to do with being a woman. Now, my, we already know. Yes. And my can I praise that at this point? Yes, I can. But going through at that time. Me being a woman had nothing to do with where I was trying to get to. It was about being the best, being at the top, and receiving and taking everything of every single opportunity. Because, you know, and I say this to kids all the time, 
you have to put yourself out there because you really don't know what's on the other side of that door. Wow. And if you don't follow your passion, follow your dreams, then you don't, you're, you're going to keep button heads. You don't know. And you can't be afraid. You have to trust that you're going to do the work and you have to have that confidence. And I can honestly say that that was never really my issue or my problem for right. me. And, and, you know, I see that a lot in your story. Because I found something that I was really good at. And that's the other thing that you ask when you say follow your passion and follow your dream. Because if you do that, you will be successful. Yes. Are you going to have stumbling blocks? Of course, we all do. But those things will not stop you from getting where you want to get to. And let's talk about some of these stumbling blocks. Yes, you were the first to come in there, right? I yes. can imagine. And, and, and sometimes I think... People call it shade. People say some hateration. Sometimes mm -hmm. we fear what we don't know. We dislike what we don't know. Things Absolutely. that are different and unfamiliar. While I'm Absolutely. sure that some people's opinions and views have changed once they saw your worth ethic and what you were doing on the court. When we talk about stumbling blocks, what are some of those stumbling blocks that you happen to uh, come face to face with, whether it were comments from, you know, commentators, athletes? What happened? All of them. How about I received them from all of them? And I can start with even once we got hired, it was the players, you know, because, again, it's the unknown. It's change. Mm -hmm. And as we know in today's right today, change is scary for people. And I think. One thing that I can honestly say that I knew that all these comments had really nothing to do with Violet. These people didn't even know me. It was just something different. And I had to understand that I was going into a good old boys club. And the good old boys club, as far as on the player side, a good old boy club, as far as the 60 guys that I had to work with night in and night out. It was the unknown. And, I, and they, you know, it was so funny because after I would sit and talk with them and I go, fellas, what is the problem? They go, well, you know, we don't know. We don't know if we have to change because you're around. Can't pat you on the butt. Can't. Can we touch you? Can we curse? Can we, you know, still make the, the, our comments? You know how men are. And I said this. I said, how about this? I said, you don't have to change a thing. I'm not asking. I said, all I'm asking for is for you to be respectful of me as a woman. That's all I asked for. I said, you, if you want to talk about the girl in the fourth row with the big boobs, I'll tell you whether or not I think she's cute. I don't have a problem with that as long as it's respectful. Now, and the other thing that I can honestly say as far as with my guys, that once I allowed them to get to know me mm -hmm. and I a lot of us, you know, we, 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 women, we tend to be kind of a little arm's distance. I wasn't, I said, I, I want you guys, I want you to get to know Violet because once you learn me, it's either you're going to like me, you're going to find out the type of person that I am, or you're going to dislike me just because you want to. Because I know that I'm a good person. I know that I am out here every night just like you guys, busting my butt, working hard. We're all trying to make it. We're all at this point because you have to realize there's a big difference between officiating for your livelihood and officiating collegiate. That's the difference between college 
and work. Well, talk about it. Because see, now college, I, I still had my full-time job. I This was fun. Now that I'm in the NBA, this is my livelihood. I now have to take care of my family doing this. So for me, it was about business. I got to be good at what I do. I got to stay physically fit. I got to stay healthy. I have to stay in shape. I got to become one of the best because we're graded night in and night out. I, I didn't want to lose my job. Most, most people really don't get into that aspect of possibly not living up to or not being graded the way at, at the highest level that you can lose your job. Wow. Yeah. So that's a whole nother issue. But for me, wasn't worried about it. I'm like, you know what? Hard worker, confident, athlete, knew that I could do it, study just like for any other profession that I was going to be at the top of my class and that I was going to stay at the top. That once once I made that decision and go into the NBA, I said, oh, the NBA made a big mistake. Ooh. The mistake was they gave me an opportunity. I ain't going nowhere. And to go back to having people tell you that you were not going to be successful, really put more fire under me. You know, Don, I experienced my bosses telling me, I never forget at one point, one of my bosses said, you know, I didn't really think you were going to make it. I said, shame on you. To your face. Oh, absolutely. You know, we had the fans, you know, go back to the WNBA, go back to college, you know, and you have to realize too, when you're a referee, you, it's, it's kind of a negative profession, period, because you have to realize we're the ones that everybody wants to yell at. We're the ones that are always wrong. We're the ones that you're either 50% wrong, 50% right when you're a hundred percent right, because it depends on what side, either they're for the visitor or they're for the home team. So who are they going to blame? You, or I would say me. That's what referees have to deal with. So you really kind of get used to blocking out all that stuff is what I call it. All the, you know, you, you tend to learn how to, you know how you, your parents used to tell you, girl, not that. So of course, for me, learned that at a very early age, which I'm sure we all, you know, we, we were all kind of raised the same, you know, your parents said, you know what, girl, sticks and stones. They break my bones. But words will never words. hurt me. So as a referee, you could say you could do all the talking you want. Doesn't bother me. So of course, for me, going out on the on the court didn't matter if I'm in an arena with two hundred or twenty thousand. It's the same noise. So let me ask you this, because somebody will say, and I've had people that are just, you know, I find that oftentimes, and I'm not saying this is related to your story, but people say, you know, um, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. Mm. And so with that being said, is sometimes you don't have everything figured out. Sometimes no. you don't have the blueprint, but it's like, what is that thing for you that, that assured you that you were on the right path when everybody is saying no. Because I think sometimes people think that it's an easy ride. Like, because, oh, this is not for me. And it's like, well, who told you it was going to be easy? Did you it's, think it you know was going to be easy? I did not and didn't even care. Because, see, here, here again, if you, if you have the confidence within yourself, if you're following your passion, if you... If you want to be the best, that's in you. 
that's in your mind, that's in your heart, and that's what you have to rely on. All that other stuff, it's just background noise. And for a lot of us, we get caught up in the background noise and forget that, you know what? How about, let me, all I did was focus on me. I didn't care the naysayers. I didn't care about the guys who didn't like me. I said, if you don't like me, you that's on you. Because I'm not doing anything to make you dislike me. I'm just being myself. And that's the other thing that, that a lot of us, we, we, we have a problem with. Because we try to change to make people like us or change to be in a particular situation or a particular job. I never changed. Who I am, this is it for me. I haven't changed one bit. And I said either, that's when I go back to, either you're going to accept me for who I am or you, you, you're never going to accept me and we're just going to be on opposite ends. Who told you that you could be that way? You know what? I have to say that my mother and my father were, were probably one of the best. My parents were so positive and you know what? Go out and follow whatever it is you want, whatever you feel in or whatever it, is, whatever, whatever it is you're good at, go try it and allow myself, my brother, my sister, allow us to do that and be okay about it and not worry about what the stumbling blocks are going to be. Don, I never, yeah, did I know, was I, you know, a little bit like, oh my God, if this, if this doesn't work, what am I going to do? Never, ever put that in my mind. It wasn't part of the vision, right? So why do we entertain it? Absolutely. I'm like, it can't be. This was about how fast can I learn? How good can I get? How soon can I, can I get, let, get to the next season? Because I want to be better than I was last season. Ooh. You know ah, I mean? wait a minute. I felt something on that one. Yeah. Stop it. You know what I mean? It's like get get through the season. And it was crazy because you get through your season and you get to the summertime and you train. I had trainers. I had weight trainers. I had a, you know, trying to eat right, trying to stay, stay physically fit. You had to do all those things so that when you started the next season, when they, you know, and, I, and guys would what here's what was interesting being a woman, because as soon as they saw me the next season, they go. Well, damn! <laughs> you know what? You you look good. Oh, my God. You know? oh, killing it! Because most people, and I and I say this to kids all the time: you have to want to do the work. Hello, ah, but here. You, can I jump in? Let me just say this. Yes, Something please. that was so on target, on point when you're talking about seasons. Like for you, you knew your training season. You knew that it was going to take a little bit of work or a lot of work. It was going to take a level of exertion so that she can prepare you for the oh. next season. But once you got to the Absolutely. next season, you weren't thinking about the last season because you're not there. And I feel that a lot of times, whether you're interested in basketball or not, understand the season you are in your life. There you go. Period. That's, I mean, and that, and, I, and again, I'm, of course I can, I'm talking, I'm, I put it in the terms, of course, in the lamest terms of officiating because that's where my passion is. But I think this conversation is for anyone in any profession. It, it doesn't really matter because the goals are still the same. Your aspirations are still the same. It doesn't matter. And I think the one thing that I learned being around some of the best 
athletes in the world. There's no way that you look at LeBron James, the late Kobe Bryant, you know, these guys put in the work and you can see it season after season. So of course, and these, and we talk about naturally talented because you know, we all have a God-given talent, mm-hmm. but if you don't do anything with it, it's not going to flourish. And, and you I know what I call that? Hard work speaks talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. Girl, you better preach. See, and that's the that's the one thing that we have to instill in our in children. When I'm speaking to young kids, I go, you know what? You all of you are talented, but if if you don't want to do anything with it, you're not gonna flourish. You're not. And I think for most of us, a lot of people just want it easy. They want everything easy and and nice and, you know, let me just go through with no bumps. No, 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 no. The reason why we are who we are is because of perseverance. Come on. Hard work is because of, you know, the whole foot on the throat. We have lived it. Listen. We have lived it. They say pressure makes diamonds. What you say? And here's the thing. I always have this metaphor. I say, you know, what allows a diamond to shine are the multitudes of cuts that have been placed within it, right? And they're all in there. What? There you go. From this saying to this saying. But what did you say? You said you knew who you are. Who you yes. who you're meant to be. And that's just the same as a diamond. When that diamond steps into the light, as you step forth in your truth, baby, it's nothing but salute and respect. There you go. But here, see, with that, we have to remember that if you haven't trained, if you haven't studied, Some shine if you on haven't that. done the off-season work, so that when you get when, of course, when you get in that limelight and all the lights come on. You're going to be okay. If you, if, if you haven't done that work, those are the ones that don't make it because they think, oh my God, I'm just talented. I can, I'll get through. It doesn't work that way. And it, it is night in and night out. You have to put in the work. And even like to this day where I've already retired, I'm doing you know, of course, when it comes to officiating, I have my own referee school. I still, I'm a collegiate um, supervisor where I have what 45 division one schools. Um, you know, I have three conferences that I'm responsible for, you know, of course for me, I retired, but I'm still working, which is great. <laughs> I can work from home now, set my own travel schedule. Everything is, is, is wonderful, but having all these opportunities. And I say this to, to my referees, I'm in charge of about a hundred, almost 200 referees. I tell them, I know one thing you guys have to understand, you will never outwork me. And I'm the boss. You will never outwork me because this is what I've been doing my entire life. It's instilled. I know what it takes to be successful. Mm. So you can't, you stand up in front of the room and you try to tell people how to be successful. What what are the best, the best leaders or what? Examples. The best leaders are examples. And if you can stand up in front of a room and be that example and show them that you can be successful, people will follow. 
So what? So hard work, dedication. What's the secret juice to being successful? You have to be given an opportunity, but you actually have to kind of put yourself out there to receive it. You know, a lot of times we, well, you know what? I'll wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow becomes six months. Six months becomes a year. A year becomes five years. Five years becomes 10. You end up being that hamster in the little thing, going around in circles, not getting anywhere. That it just it is it's just a freak of nature. And they say fortune favors the bold. There you go. You hit it on the head. There you go. And it takes, you know, I even said to myself when I look at this process of coming out with this podcast and having my weekend segment, were times where I've sat down and I cry because I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I have to. And it's like, that's the fuel that you just got to keep tapping into. And people are like, well, Dawn, how do you get to happier? How do you know when it feels good? Just keep running towards that, right? Oh, no, because trust me, you keep doing what you're doing. You have to realize, too, by you doing this, you're reaching young men and women who need to hear this, who need to see you and I. We're young. You know what I mean? They need to see that, you know what? If Dawn did it, if Violet is doing what she's doing, I may have a shot. You know, and it, because of course, that's what we've used. You know, you, you, we all use people that can fuel how successful we become and all of those things. But again, you still kind of have to put yourself out there to be an example for all of the young men and women becoming behind us. You know, and I look at that, too. I go, you know what? At least I know that I can take the time to help somebody every day. Okay, so tell us about it. You have actual, you have an organization. You were talking about your official school. Tell us about it. What's it called? Well, it's it's actually called Basic Referee School. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't put it, I didn't name it after my name. I didn't, you know, I, I, that just wasn't, wasn't me. But um it's a referee school that I hold in the summer times, of course, because of training. Referees have to train in the summer. And I train young men and women who are looking to better themselves on the collegiate level. Um, because, again, once I retire from the NBA, going back to the collegiate level, that's pretty much where my, where my feet are right now. Um, and I can help train and develop. And of course, for me, I'm always looking for new up and coming young referees that possibly could work for me. So it's kind of twofold. Mm-hmm. You know, I kill quite a few birds with one stone. I can train, develop. I love to teach. I'm, I'm mentoring. Um, so it's a way for me to kind of give back. But in return, still training and develop officials that could possibly referee on my staff. Wow. And here's the thing that I I found so amazing, too. I was reading. um, You were actually, uh, Dee was there for a bit of time, and then she departed after five years. And then you you held, you reigned in your court for 13 years before the next woman came in. Well, actually, she she only made it four years. Oh, four, excuse me. No, she made it four. And Don, I can tell you that... uh, Let's see, I retired in 2015, 2014, they hired Lauren Holkamp, one other woman. So I was very, very happy that at least, because I wasn't one and done, because for a lot of years, 
I didn't think that they were going to hire another woman. And I thought, you know what? Gosh, I want to stay long enough for them to hire another woman because that again solidified all the work that I had put in. Right. Because again, I made it so comfortable. I made it easy, you know, for her to, to be given an opportunity. So for me, that was another accolade yes. in my, you know, a feather in my cap, um, which was, which I'm very, very proud of because even now the NBA, they have three women. Oh, there's three now. Staff. Yes. That are on staff. So here again, if I had not been as successful, done as well that I had done in my 19 years, those women would not be receiving an opportunity. And I can tell you that when I got hired on, there were no, there was, uh, Shaw Miller was the only women's commentator. And now you look at male and, and she was doing basketball, but see now we literally have a woman in every single sport. What? And you, oh, wow. Yes. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I can sit back and look at and go, you know what? I had a little hand in that. Mm-hmm. Now that there's, there's a female official in football, there's, it's soccer, you know. These, that was these you. Are, <laughs> yes. And I go, you know what? Thank you very so, much. You know, and those wow. are things that I sit back and, and no one has to say a word, but I know because if I hadn't have done as well as I've done, was as successful as I was, those women would not be receiving their opportunities to this day. And I and what's crazy is that I receive, you know, emails or phone calls from different people to say, you know what? Thank you. Because you paved the way for other women in, 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 in officiating in male professional sports to have an opportunity. And that's all we're asking for. You know, we just want our, want our just do. We'll work as hard. We'll do your work. We'll do all those things that we need to do. Just give us an opportunity. And I am thankful that I was as successful as I was to give other women that opportunity. So uh, with your school, are you looking to possibly on a search for the next possibly female NBA referee? Is that an option when people are in your school to guide them in that direction? You know what? There are options. Yes. Because here again, you know what? Different, different people have different aspirations. And of course, if I come across any woman, and I have in, in a lot of cases where women will come to my school and say, hey, you know what, Violet, what do I have to do? To, to, to try to, to go on the professional route. I help them with that. No different than I would help you on the collegiate side. It really, really doesn't matter. You know, most women are, or, and I won't just say women because it can be men or women at this point. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of a sexist, but you know, I, I don't have any gender biases. I will help whoever needs help when it comes to officiating. So it really doesn't matter um, what level when you come to my school, you can tell me where your aspirations are and I can help you get, you know, kind of guide you in the right direction. That's pretty much my job. Wow. OK, so for anyone's out there that's possibly interested in your school, can you give out the information? Uh, absolutely. It's, it's actually um, uh, basicrefereeschool.com and you can get all the information you need. Basic Referee School. Basicrefereeschool.com. And it, it'll 
guide you in the right direction. Wow. Okay. So we're, we're, we're slowly wrapping up or I was wondering what is something that you would say to younger Violet looking back? What would you say to younger Violet? What would wow. you say to young V out there on the court or in the backyard? Me in the backyard, I would say continue to work, continue to dream, follow your passion. That's the number one key. The second thing is that I, and I have lived by this, if you dream it, you have to have, you have to dream it. You can be it. If you dream it, you can be it. And I think for me, that was something that I held on to from the time that I started in my career up until this day. And I, and I can honestly say there's not like some magic potion that, that, you know, it's called hard work. It's called perseverance. It's called putting yourself out there. It's called not being afraid. You know, all these things play into this being successful, but you gotta want to work. And a lot of us don't like to do, that's the hard part. You have to want to do the work and be as the, as good as you can be because you know it's so competitive you know in the real world it's extremely competitive and of course it's even more competitive when you're talking about adding money to the pot when you start adding more dollars to it it becomes more competitive more cutthroat more scary more everything so of course if you have done your work you're going to always be at the top. You're not going to worry about who's coming behind you. You know, most people, all, you know, you, you're like, oh my God, is somebody going to knock me off my throne? Come on, I can knock you off your throne. Because I'm sitting on my throne and I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Exactly. And I tell people, I go, I used to tell young officials, you know, in, in my class, I go, one thing you guys have to understand, you can never, ever, ever be Violet Palmer. There's Thank only you. one me. Thank you. One. Thank There's you. only one dawn. It's, that's it. So you can try to be like me, and which is fine, but there is only me. There's only one me. And that's the realty. And that's the realty right there. But you have to find yours. And I think for young, you know, men and women, that's what they're, you know, that's what they're, what they have to strive for. They have to find their inner self. I love that. And, you know, I hope, you know, whoever is, you know, listening to this right now could even look at this season, what we're in right now with everything that's going on with this pandemic, that's looking at your story of being the first female to do it, to run the game, to be the queen of your own court, to find time to find you. That's the answer. Yeah. And that's the thing that you said from the very beginning of this interview. You said it was about what I loved. Yes. Staying true to me. Stay true to me. That You know what? And, and I try to say this to young, young student athletes, young, you know, when, I, when I'm always talking to kids, that is the one thing that I try to say to them. I go, you have no idea. And, and in today's, you know, and it's different for kids now versus when I was young, because now there's opportunities for everything, but you have to get out and find it. You can't wait for someone to give you something. 
you have to go out and find it. I always tell people, I'm like, if you really want it, there's nothing that you can't have. And I feel like sometimes we get frustrated and we get discouraged. It's because you're telling yourself that you want it, but you don't really want it because you're not yeah. pulling in the work. You go knock, you go in the door. Yeah, you're right. You, ha! You are right. And I, you got to put your hand on that knob, turn, and open. And, and I, I literally, there's something else that I can honestly say. I went, you know what? How about the NBA? Thank you for cracking the door. But you know what? I knocked that damn door down. See, there's the difference. See, here's here's my thing. And I and I can honestly attest to this. Yeah, they they opened it a little bit. They cracked it. But I put my foot and knocked it down. Bam. Period. Yeah. Period. Done. Pop it. <laughs> What? Stunt on it. What? So why? There you go. See, oh my you, gosh. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, you got to. Thank you so much. Because I'm sure there, there are so many people that we just afraid to be who they are. And, and when you talk about success, is it the money? Is it what is it? And I'm like, if you can't see you, what does it matter? You know what? And all of that will come if you see you. Come and on. I like that. I may, I may have to steal that one. Okay. I love it. So let me ask you this. Where can people follow you and contact you if they want to see you? How can you be reached? Well, you know what? You, of course, Instagram, uh, Facebook, I'm on all of it. You know, I'm, and it's so funny. My, my, my wife actually gave me my Instagram name. So I'm, I'm NBA underscore lashes, okay. which I think is kind of cute. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, being a woman, and, and, and I can honestly tell you it came from because, you know, I'm not a big makeup girl. Never have been. I'm big tomboy. You know me. But when I got married, my wife made me get lashes. So that's where the NBA lashes came <laughs> from. Because, you know, of course, it's, you know, still still kind of me, but, you know, not too much over the, on the other side. Just a little something. And so I thought that was really, really a kind of a cute name that I, I kind of fell in love with. So, of course, for me, you can follow. Um, I really try to kind of give some inspirational stuff. I do talk about my, I put stuff about my camps. I put stuff about officiating. I put stuff about, you know, anything can that I feel that is motivating that could help anyone who follows me. That's what I do. Okay. And you know, you gave, you've given so much inspiration, but you're the very first person, but not like you're not used to being the first where I'm implementing this. But as oh. you know, <laughs> this is called vitamin D and it's all I about having a dose of inspiration. And you know, we get vitamin D from the sun and we're shedding that. light into people. And you Absolutely. know, my name happens to be Dawn. So, you know, I just a reflection of that. I love it. But hey. I want to thank you. You know what? Because I think when we were, um, uh, the one restaurant we went to, I can't remember. The name um, um, well, we go through the kitchen and, and, yes, uh, yeah, but I remember you, you mentioning to me that this was something that you were kind of working on just so you know, I do remember that you were trying to get some things off the ground and now sitting here talking with you, I can honestly say you go girl. Oh my goodness. Vitamin D. I love it. You know what? And that's what you, that's what you have to do. I think, you know, most most people just don't want to step out on faith. And I commend you, Don. I commend. See here again. 
I commend you on your perseverance to get me on the show. But that's what you got to do. And most people don't want to do it. You go, you know what? One stumbling block. I don't care. Another one. I don't care. Another one. I don't care. I'm going to get it done. And those are the stories. And I want to thank you because those are the stories that our young men and women need to hear. That's awesome. That's just touch point because that has to be at least three or four years ago. At least. Absolutely. No. I, I, yes. It w- clearly. Definitely. No doubt. That long, at least three, at least three. At least, sure. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for speaking life into me. Well, you know what, we we do it to each other. That's right. Yes, and I'm very very happy. Thank you for just having me on. You know, just Karen, just wanting to share some warm, wonderful, inspirational thoughts. I I appreciate it. So mm-hmm. just want you to know, I'm, I was very very happy to do it, and thank you for having me on as well. Okay, wow. Listening back to this convo and from the other side, I can't help but feel that everything, like everything comes down to the work you're willing to put into it. I know I said it during our conversation, but hear this. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. Looking back at Violin and so many other people that I've met and have achieved so much success in their lives, the common denominator is always that they were willing to put in the work and the extra work and the extra extra work. And that work is fueled by passion. So like Rihanna said, work, 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 work. So now if you're interested in following Violet or finding out more about the art of officiating, you can find her on Twitter at NBA First Lady and on Instagram at NBA underscore lashes. As always, you can catch us on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts each and every Monday with more inspiring conversations and insight. And always, if you're looking for more vitamin D in your life, you can always follow me on all social media at Dawn Day Speaks. That's Dawn on DAI Speaks on all social media. And until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. 
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.